Hello, Knox Church. This is the sermon for Sunday, May 3rd, 2020. Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O oh Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. It is the most well-known of all of the Psalms, and arguably these are the most recognizable words in the Bible. It is so because of the beauty of the words and the images and the comfort they offer. These words have been uttered countless times at bedsides of people who are dying, as a comfort to people who are anxious, and as a sign of hope to those who grieve. It carries a message that in the midst of struggle, God is with us, and God can be trusted. If I'm being honest, it is my hunch that sometimes people hear the promises of this psalm and believe them to be false. When real suffering arrives, when one wonders if God is good or if there is a God at all, these words may sound like little more than a cliché or a nice greeting card. I wonder, in these days of pandemic, if these words have fallen on deaf ears in the overcrowded emergency rooms and morgues of China, Italy, New York City, Ecuador. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil? Really? I wouldn't fault anyone for not being entirely sure about that. I think doubts and questions about the promises of this psalm are reasonable. The doubts and questions are not unique to our time or to this pandemic. As I said, this psalm has been read to countless people in many times who have suffered, many of whom I imagine have questioned its validity. It might have been questioned by the first people who heard it so very long ago. As biblical historians will remind us, this psalm was written at a time when most citizens of ancient Palestine lived lives of tremendous instability, tremendous uncertainty. They were ruled by occupying armies. They were vulnerable to complete ruin when drought or accident came by surprise and they lacked any kind of a safety net beyond one's own family. In so many ways, our modern struggles must pale in comparison 
to theirs. But in spite of the many reasons one might have doubts about God's promises, someone wrote this psalm anyway, and clearly it caught on. Why? Why? We might focus on any number of the beautiful turns of phrase and faithful promises in the psalm. I'm going to comment on just a few, and all of them are tied to a main idea. Psalm 23 is loved because it is real. It does not deny the presence of suffering. It acknowledges suffering and chooses to go deep with it. Let's talk first about the imagery of the opening lines. The care of a shepherd for the sheep, the peace of green pastures and still waters, the restoration of a wandering soul to the paths of righteousness. These images slow us down a little. They ease our anxieties. They give us a sense of calm. And the repetition of these calming images shows that the author understands something about us. We need to be calmed down. Because in this world, worry, anxiety, and fears are real. Right from the start, the author is not trying to pretend that there is nothing to worry about and that everything is okay. Real anxiety, real struggle exists out there. And if we are going to sustain our souls in the midst of it, if God's word of hope is going to reach us, first we've got to take some deep breaths and calm down. So the author, the psalmist as they are called, the psalmist does not lie to us about the troubles of the world. Instead, the psalmist seeks to give us some calm. This idea that the psalm is real it continues in the second part of the psalm, and perhaps its most recognizable line. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or in the King James Version I recited earlier, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The psalmist says that in the midst of that, I will fear no evil. Once again, there is no attempt to argue that evil does not exist. Evil is there sometimes seeming to be all around us as we walk through the dark valleys of this life. The promise of the psalm is not that there will be no evil. The promise is that we need not be overcome by our fears, for in that valley, God is with us. And God means to give us comfort. Let's look at a third phrase that deserves some attention. It contains a translation that might surprise you. The verse says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I once read that a good translation, translation for the Hebrew verb in that verse is this. Surely goodness and kindness shall dog me all the days of my life. It kind of makes you chuckle to hear it that way. But I also think it adds incredible depth to what the psalmist is saying. Go back to the beginning and think about the whole message again. Yes, we need to be calmed down sometimes because, yes, we get fearful and anxious. 
Yes, sometimes the evils seem to surround us like the darkest of valleys, but God goes with us every step of the way, cares about us, has compassion for us, and protects us in our suffering. And then this last part, yes, you may have trouble believing that God's compassion for us can be so great. So in case you have trouble believing it, God's goodness and kindness is going to follow you like a dog all the days of your life until you come to see that it is real. Psalm 23 is powerful because it is real. There is no attempt to pretend struggle does not exist. Walter Brueggemann is one of the wisest biblical scholars of the last century. When he writes about this psalm, he says, It is God's compassion that transforms every situation. It does not mean that there are no deathly valleys, no enemies. Those things are real, says Brueggemann. So when we meet them, because we will, it is God's compassion that counts. A different kind of biblical interpreter who I think really understood the meaning of this psalm was the great composer Leonard Bernstein. He set it to music as a part of his work called the Chittister Psalms. Some of you may have heard me speak about this before. It's one of my very favorite pieces of music and has been an amazing spiritual resource in my life. There are many occasions on which I know I am unable to adequately explain what God is telling us in Scripture. In this case, Bernstein's music takes us so much further than I'm able to go with words. It allows us to feel with our hearts what we may not be able to fully understand with our heads. Today's sermon will conclude with an opportunity for you to listen to Bernstein's Psalm 23. Here are some things to listen for. It begins with a soprano solo. The words are all in Hebrew, but you've heard Psalm 23 enough times to know many of the words and we'll print them on the screen in English. The soloist is joined by the female voices, singing in a beautiful melody that grows in its richness and depth. A harpist joins the opening lines of the psalm in a way that quiets and calms so that we can hear the promises of God. But it's not just a pretty song. The genius of the music is what Bernstein adds to his interpretation. He must have been so convinced of the reality of the threats and the struggles of the world because he interrupts the beauty of Psalm 23 with much harsher words from Psalm number 2. So, you'll hear an abrupt transition to the lower voices in the choir singing a different song. It's a harsh, percussive song full of conflict. The words of Psalm 2 are about the nations and tyrants of the world raging against each other in their vain pursuit of power. In ancient Israel, it was precisely this climate of greed and violence that was a daily threat to the lives of regular people. This was their evil, their enemy. COVID-19 has become this for the people of our world. 
a disruptive, harmful threat in our world that interrupts the peaceful song we want to sing. As this harsh part of the music plays, you might imagine some of the stories you know and the images that you've seen of people who are suffering in these days. That is not the end. As the harshness of Psalm 2 continues, the, psalm, the, the calm of Psalm number 23 begins again. One psalm, one song, comes alongside the other. Bernstein layers the two psalms together musically. God's work of compassion, of, of compassion and healing begins. The music actually enacts the idea that God's peace is with us in the valley of the shadow of death. That in the midst of suffering, God seeks to lead us back to the still waters and restore our souls. Even at the very end of the song, the percussive notes of Psalm number two remain. The struggle is taken seriously, but God's compassion surrounds us. Even in the midst of the struggle, God's love will doggedly pursue us all the days of our lives. So I invite you to listen. When the song is complete, I invite you to find in your home food and drink that is available to you for the celebration of the Lord's Supper together. For as the words of Psalm 23 tell us, even in the presence of our enemies, God prepares a table before us.